Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Zone Defense Basketball Hour. Be sure to follow us on Spotify at Zone Defense Podcast and on Twitter at Zone Defense Pod. We also want to say thank you to all of our new viewers from our last few episodes. However, a lot of you are not yet subscribed, so be sure to hit that subscribe button if you have not already. And smash the notification bell because it really helps out our channel a lot. Also, drop a comment down below and let us know who you think will be the season's MVP and NBA champion. Today, Chris and I will be recapping the first half of the NBA season. How's it going, Chris? It's going well, Drew. Yeah, I mean, this has been, in my opinion, one of the most eventful first halves of any NBA season. I mean, you got the obvious insane race in the Eastern Conference. You got the, the West just being totally top loaded and that insane race for the first seed. I mean, the sun just jumped from five to two in what felt like a week. So, I mean, you're looking at these races, it's going to be extremely interesting to see what teams end up making moves at the deadline. I'm extremely excited to see what ends up happening with that. But with that being said, I'll let you jump into your first point, get us into that. The all-star recap, we could say before going into the second half or whatever, whatever you want, whatever you want to talk about, we're here for um, yeah, and real quick before I do, the parody this year is is really unlike anything I think for the last few seasons. I mean, last year, even though the Warriors were obviously not as good um, and they just finished up their dynasty, they were still like the Lakers and the Bucks, it seemed like, and then everybody else. This year, though, I mean, there's <clears throat> like tons of teams I could see realistically making a finals run, and that, like I said, has not been the case for several, several years. And with that being said, uh, my first point here is my NBA Finals prediction. I don't remember what I said to start the season, um, so I'll have to go back to the tape and see what I said. But right now, as it stands, just looking at the way these teams have been playing, um, both throughout the entire season and as of late, just what I expect to happen. I think we're going to see a, a very odd Finals, this one team. I know has won one championship back in the 80s. Their last finals appearance, I believe, was 2001. And then the other team has never won an NBA finals championship, I believe. And I think they've only been to the finals twice, once in the 70s and then once in the 90s going up against Michael Jordan's Bulls. And I think it's going to be the Philadelphia 76ers taking on the Phoenix Suns in the NBA finals. Mm. Now, I think that's – it's not just a hot take. Um, it kind of is a hot take. But I also I, – I believe it. Um, starting, starting with the Sixers, I, mean, I think they've been – Behind the Jazz, I think they've been the best team in the NBA all season long. Uh, they have they play well defensively. They play well offensively. I anticipate them making a move or two um, at the deadline to, to bolster their team even more. Um, the addition of Seth Curry has really helped them out a lot. Joel Embiid is playing like an MVP. I know you said you had some MVP predictions uh, with one of your few points. I'm not sure if it's Embiid, but regardless, he's definitely in the conversation. Ben Simmons um, has been playing much better as of late, played well enough to make the all-star team again, which I think is his second or third appearance in a row now. Um, I just really like the team. And I think the obvious, their obvious biggest threat and probably the favorite in most people's eyes is the Brooklyn Nets. Um, But I think Embiid is just a matchup nightmare for the Nets. I mean, who, I mean, maybe you put Kevin Durant on him, but then you got Ben Simmons and he's also a big guy. Who are you going to put on Ben Simmons? I think it's a matchup nightmare. Um, They also got, like I said, decent shooting. I anticipate even Shake Milton. I didn't even really mention him. He's had a decent year. Um, I think they can make an additional move to add some pieces there. They have a, good enough defense that I think even though the Nets offense is amazing, I think they'll do enough to limit the Nets um, and do well enough offensively against the Nets' brutal defense. Still not a great defense, even though they are playing extremely well offensively. They've won a lot of games here. I think they're 9-1 and one in their last 10, which is pretty insane. Um, but I just think based on matchups, based on talent, Doc Rivers finally getting over the hump. He hasn't been back to the finals since, I think, 2010. Obviously, with the Clippers, he kept choking year after year. I think this might be the year the Sixers finally get over the hump. And then with the Suns, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just – because not we're not talking about college basketball, but I was happy that Michigan lost the other night to Illinois um, because I don't like when a team peaks at the wrong time. And the Jazz, I mean – not to be a jerk, but we're not handing out any trophies here in March, right? At least for the NBA. And I think they've just been too good. I mean, we saw it last year with the Bucks. I know there was the pandemic. There was the shutdown. The Bucks were so good, and then we got to the playoffs, and they fell apart. And I feel – and same thing with the uh, another team that comes to mind is the Atlanta Hawks a few years ago. They were the one seed. Everyone was like, oh, the Jazz – or the Hawks, the Hawks. They absolutely – and then they got blown out by LeBron in the playoffs. So I'm just concerned there with the Jazz. The Clippers have kind of just been inconsistent, but they're still going to be a good playoff team. The Lakers haven't played well. Anthony Davis, he's had injury issues in the past. I'm worried, like, is he going to play? How much is he going to play? 
And the Suns, I mean, they got Chris Paul, they got Devin Booker, they got DeAndre, and they got Bridges. They're another team that I anticipate making a move here as we get closer to the trade deadline. And I don't know. I just really like this team. I think they're in a great spot. Um, they're currently the two seed. Even if they drop down to the three or the four seed, I still really like their chances, especially if the Lakers and the Clippers get that two, three seed, the Suns get the four seed. That means they don't, they only have to play one of those teams and they don't have to play those teams until the conference finals. That bodes really well, especially with the Clippers and Lakers, both teams that have um, a lot of injury issues. So the Suns, similarly to Doc Rivers and the Sixers, I think this could be Chris Paul's really good shot and maybe sneaking to the finals here. Um, and regardless, even if either of those teams don't make the finals, I think the fact that the Sixers and Suns are at least in finals contention, finals conversation, is, is a really good, uh, good, good. Uh, I don't know what, good award. I don't know what the right word is to say uh, because those are two teams that we weren't um, we weren't super high on, I guess, entering the season. But um, what do you think? Am I crazy? Do you agree with this take, or, or what do you think? So for me, I also have now my finals prediction. I have the Sixers in the East along with you. I think I also think going under the radar is the fact that they that they are they're definitely making a move at the deadline, in my opinion. I think they're they're almost a lock to trade for Kyle Lowry. And I think that can make oh, a big yeah, difference. Yeah. If he's on Kyrie Irving, he's a good defender. He can be a matchup problem as, as well for them. Uh, you didn't even mention Tobias Harris. He's having oh, a yeah. career year as well. And he can <laughs> he can cover KD or he can cover yeah. uh Harden, whatever, kind of whatever you need. He's a pretty versatile defender as well. This is a team with a lot of weapons, a lot of firepower. I think they're going to end up making the NBA Finals and and actually win it. I th- that's what I believe for the Sixers. I think they're going to end up winning the NBA Finals. But I do not have the Suns. I don't have the Lakers. I don't have either LA team. I do have the Utah Jazz in the Finals. I also think this is a team that could potentially make a move at the deadline for a guy coming off the bench or something like that. While they did peak at may potentially peak at the wrong time, I think they're kind of going through a little bit of a rough stretch right now. You know, they just had that heartbreaking loss against against the Sixers with, you know, the questionable yeah. offensive foul call on Donovan Mitchell. He ended up getting ejected. That game was insane, anyways. It was one of the one of the craziest games of the year. I think that was that was a finals preview right there. I mean, that's two teams that match up really well against each other. I think. I think they they have a lot of the same strengths and weaknesses. Uh, a team. I know Embiid's. Uh, a really good player, definitely in MVP consideration, which I'll talk about later. I don't want to spoil it yet, but um, I mean, you look at their whole team and they got a lot of solid players. Same with the Jazz; they got a lot of a lot of guys that are solid. They're both both teams are pretty deep as well. So I think um, it, they match up really well. So I, I I would love to see this in the finals. I mean, the Lakers. It really just depends on AD. If he's healthy, they they're right there with the Jazz, and it would be really tough to not see them in the finals like I did. Before. At prior to the start of the season, I thought they were going to be in the finals. But man, AD's injury is scary, man. And he's been on and off the court throughout his career, on and off the court this year. It's going to be it's going to be tough to envision a time where he's fully healthy going to the playoffs. And if he's not, this Lakers team has not looked quite as good. Uh, it's it's scary for sure. And then with the Nets, obviously, like Drew, I totally agree with everything Drew said. Uh, I think they're a pretty much a matchup nightmare for every team except for the Sixers. I think the Sixers yeah. match up with them pretty well. And then I have no idea how they stop Embiid. I think Embiid could drop 40 a game on them easily, and, yeah. they, and they, they just have no answer. I, DeAndre Jordan ain't stopping them. That's all I know. They got to make a move if they want to stop uh, Embiid. And maybe it doesn't even matter. Maybe having KD, Kyrie, and Harden all going into the playoffs – against the series against the Sixers. Maybe it just doesn't even matter. Maybe that's too much for them to overcome. But it's also they they've had some injuries with all three of them as well. So you can't you can't really rule out any of if any of those three are out for that series, there's no chance they beat the Sixers in in a series in my opinion. They all have to be perfectly healthy going into that. Yeah. And that's been been tough to predict so far. But yeah, I mean the Suns have had a great year so far. Uh I don't think they're gonna make the NBA finals. I think they've they've got a shot for sure. Uh I mean that they've got some weapons. They have offensive firepower. They definitely have a very uh, connected and good defense. I think guys like Michael Bridges, DeAndre Ayton have taken extreme leaps on the defensive side of the ball. Gives them a chance against some of these powerhouses in the West for sure. But I don't. I don't know if they have the offensive firepower to take down take down a Jazz or take down Clippers, yeah. Lakers with AD. I don't know if they have the firepower to do that. But they definitely can make some noise in the playoffs, in my opinion. Yeah, I. I mean. The Jazz are definitely, I know I kind of dissed them earlier, but they're definitely in the finals contention, no doubt about it. Um, I think in the West, 
no offense to your Blazers, Chris, but unless they make a massive move here at the deadline, I think it's a four-horse race there for yeah. the conference championship, the Jazz Suns, and then the two LA teams. Um, it is worth noting, though, that Embiid is another guy who has had injury issues in the past, so there is a chance maybe he goes down with an injury, but we can't predict that stuff. Um, and obviously, like before with LeBron, where he has zero star with him, he's drags a, a brutal Cavs team to the finals. The only difference there is that was out in the East. That was when the East was brutal. Um, in the West, I mean, without AD, I think it's going to be difficult to beat the Clippers, the Suns, or the Jazz um, without without Anthony Davis, or even without even if he's on the court, if he's like severely limited. So um, I do have some concerns with the Lakers. However, I feel like we do this whole you know dance every single season where it's like, oh, LeBron's not making the finals, and then he makes the finals. So um, <laughs> we'll have to wait and see there. Uh, and then out east. You could make an argument that a Bucks team maybe sneaks in the finals contention. You could make an argument that it's the Celtics. Maybe they, they sneak in. But I think it's it's a two-horse race there. I think it's Sixers, Nets. It would, it would significantly surprise me if a team not named the Nets or the Sixers sneak into the finals. But um, the play-in race is really entertaining out east. And the west, it's really... It's going to be Warriors Grizzlies in that nine and ten spot, barring anything just crazy by the Pels or the Kings. But um, yeah, I just wanted to talk about my finals prediction. It sounds like you, I was also one of your takes, uh, but I'll let you get into your your next point here. Yeah, I'll go into my first point, and it kind of has to do. I'm gonna. It's it's the MVP race, and it, there is this is going to be a super long point. It's going to be pretty quick. I think it's totally a two horse race now. I'm not even gonna. Th- there's a whole group of ten guys you could list in, in a, maybe a second tier: a Dame, Curry, Jokic, Kawhi, Paul George, a couple Kevin other Durant. guys too. Kevin even Durant, James Harden. Yep. Been off really good any, any of those names you you can throw into the second tier. I think it's two horse race. It's between Bron and Embiid, and right now. I'm giving it to Joel Embiid. He this dude has been incredible this season. I mean, if you watch the Jazz, the Jazz game was basically him telling the league, "Yeah, this is my MVP to lose," because he was absolutely the best player in that game. Clearly, um, he, honestly, it was one of the most impressive forty-point performances I've seen. He, his impact on the court was was a lot greater than that. I watched the entire game. He was he was just pure dominant. He, he dominated what it was considered to be the the best defensive, maybe the best defensive player in the league, but definitely the best defensive center in Rudy Gobert. Absolutely put him in a body bag the entire game. This dude had forty points, almost twenty rebounds, pure dominance. And this he can shoot now. This is incredible. I mean, he's always had a good touch with the basketball in his hands, but this dude can legitimately knock down multiple three pointers a game. If he really wants this guy could stand outside the three point line, like miles Turner does, which drives me insane, but he actually can make threes rather than miles Turner. Doing that. And he's also the probably the best face up center in the league as well, too. This guy is practically unguardable. If you watch Gobert, he was just totally outmatched in that game. I think this was an MVP type showing for Embiid. He's had probably 15 of these throughout the season. He's on, one of the best, the teams with one of the best records in the league. They just beat the team with the best record in the league. I think this is absolutely his MVP to lose in the second half. I think it would almost take an injury or just him totally falling off, which I don't see happening whatsoever for him not to win this award. I know LeBron's been fantastic. I've always been a, a guy that preaches for LeBron. I wanted LeBron to win the MVP last year, despite him not having as good a numbers as Giannis. But, but the stats and record don't lie with Embiid. I think he's he's been clearly the most valuable player on one of the best teams. To me, it's Embiid. There's there's not really much of a debate, but I'll hear your side of it for sure. We can talk if you have anything different to add there. No, I really don't. I mean, I think we did this a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago now, and I think I had Jokic, but the Nuggets, I anticipated them getting better, and they still are, are mired um, there. It seems like they're probably going to be in the West play-in unless they, they really get things figured out here um, sooner rather than later. So, um, I, I agree with your Embiid take. LeBron, he's got the narrative. I know I said before I'd be shocked if LeBron doesn't get this MVP because he told the media, give me the MVP last year, and the media bows at, at every one of LeBron's requests. But um, the the surge that Embiid's on recently and the, the downturn the Lakers have gone on recently is, is not great for his MVP case. Um, I think – the only I still would count LeBron out um, because I, I think he could drag the Lakers to like the two or three C without Anthony Davis, um, or if, even if Davis comes back, that helps LeBron's numbers out a little bit. Maybe that could also um, 
hinder his case though too because it's like oh you're only good because of anthony davis which is i think is pretty crazy but uh you never know with lebron and he could also rest too so there's a lot of uncertainty there um because i still think it's there's a chance that he sneaks into the mvp and same thing with Embiid. um he could get hurt like i said before when talking about the sixers finals chances that is a big concern but man if he stays on the court it feels like this is what we say all the time it's like when he's on the court he's one of the best players in the league it's just a matter of keeping him motivated and keeping him on the court And, and that was a big issue last year and this year though i mean let's look at his stats i mean he's got 30 points a game 11 boards a game only three assists but he's got almost block and a half almost a steal and a half and he's shooting he's almost shooting 50 40 90 he's got over 50 percent field absolutely goal, insane over 40 percent from three and he's taken three three threes a game so it's not like he's not taking any threes he's still taking a decent amount of threes and the only thing that's that was preventing him from entering the 50 40 90 club is his free throw percentage and it's still 86 percent, which is not bad by any means especially for a big man so um that's that's an interesting storyline to keep out keep an eye out for if he finds his way into the 50 40 90 club as a big man um which is which is awesome but yeah i 100% 100% agree, and I feel like the voters, they like rewarding the team who's got the best record, or at least one of the best records. Looking at the Jazz, I don't really see one of their players winning the MVP, um, so I think Embiid is, is the clear choice, at least as we stand right here halfway through the season. Um, follow-up question. Does the Doc Rivers deserve the coach of the year right now? Because I'm starting to think that he does, man. This guy, I mean, the Sixers, yeah, were they good last year? Yes, but this is a totally different Sixers team. It's basically the same roster he had; la- they had last season. But he has totally found a way. He's getting the best out of Embiid, the best out of Tobias Harris, and I would even say the best out of Ben Simmons, at least defensively. I think this is the best Ben Simmons has ever played on defense, and he's one of the best. I think he's now the best defensive player in the league after being one of them for the last few yeah. years. But I think he's really stepped up his intensity on that side of the ball. But they've really figured out, you know, it was always the, I know me and you had plenty of debates between should they keep Embiid, should they keep Simmons? The answer is both of these dudes, man. They, yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter. It, really good too. They really have been, they found a way to get it done. I think it, it, Tobias Harris has unlocked part of his game that he didn't have last year. I mean, the same thing went for him with the Clippers when Doc Rivers was his head coach. It was the same thing. He had career seasons. I mean, this is why the dude was so valuable for a couple of years because he was playing incredible basketball with the Clippers, ended up getting that massive contract and now has the same coach it's not a coincidence that his numbers are back up efficiency wise he's playing better defense i really think doc rivers deserves coach of the year there's some very good candidates quinn snyder um plenty of other guys as well um you know that you can make an argument for but there is to me it's doc rivers award to lose as well with Embiid winning mvp yeah i would go as far as say it's his award to lose i mean i I, let me just tell this before i get started here um i love coach of the year talk i love talk i don't know why it's one of my favorite things to talk about in the nba um but i i think rivers and quinn snyder are probably the two front runners right now i think steve nash has a really good argument uh, because the nets were i mean obviously adding kevin durant and james harden helps you a lot but also he's had to manage the egos even though their defense isn't good, he's at least trying to find a system that works well with the pieces he has. I think he deserves um, some uh, recognition. Same with James Borrego out in Charlotte. They've been a really big surprise. Tom Thibodeau with the Knicks have been a really big surprise. I think both of those teams look at their rosters. I think it, coaching and motivating and schemes and ATOs and all that, I think it's a big testament to both of those guys. And then out West, I think Greg Popovich, with the Spurs, um, if they keep playing well, it's another team where we didn't really expect much, and they've been they've been playing above their payroll a little bit. Uh, maybe Terry Stotts with your Blazers. Oh um, no. God! I no. mean, because they've he's, he's lots of injuries. They're still a top no. five team in the West. I would surprise me, but I'm saying he's in the conversation. Maybe, maybe he's not sitting at the table, but he's like you know hanging around the Coach of the Year table, just maybe waiting for someone to, to get up to go to the bathroom. And he sneaks in, steals their chair or something. I'm just saying he's in the he's he's around, he's near the area, uh, and then also Monty Williams too with the Suns. I think he deserves some recognition. He was, I think he almost helped his case of coach of the year last year when they won 8-0 in the bubble. Um, and now that the Suns, if they keep up this pace, I think he could have a really good shot too. But um, I wouldn't say Doc Rivers is like the clear hands-down favorite. Like I think Embiid is for MVP. Um, but I definitely think um, he's he's definitely in the conversation, no doubt about it, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I besides Terry Stotts being anywhere near that table, I, I agree with what you're saying. It, it, I mean, there's some other good candidates, of course. Just to me, Doc Rivers deserves the award. But I'll let you get into your next point, man. Take us yeah, away. I'd probably say Monty Williams if we're making Coach of the Year picks. 
he'd be my pick. Maybe I'm just super Phoenix biased. Maybe that's the theme of this episode, but I, I do like him a lot. But um, going from one of my favorite teams in the Phoenix Suns, I'm going to head out to my actual favorite team, the Detroit Pistons, and we're going to talk a little most improved player talk. I think it's going to go to Jeremy Grant this year. I know he's got – there's some rumors swirling around his head that maybe <laughs> this guy is going to the Celtics. Unless they give up a ton of stuff, um, I don't envision Grant getting traded because I think if he gets traded to Boston, he's not going to get as many touches. That could hinder his case a little bit. Um, and also going against fellow most improved player, Cantor, candidate or whatever you want to say, um, Jalen Brown too. I think he's in the conversation as well. But I really think this is Jeremy Grant's award to lose. Um, Christian Wood was making a really good case, but he's, of course, gone down with injury. Um, and just look at the stats compared from last season to this season. I mean, everything is up across the board. Yes, he's taking more shots per game. He's uh, both in terms of two pointers, three pointers, free throws, but um, he's making the most of that. He's still shooting decently from the field. Uh, in terms of points, he's got over he's got over eleven more points per game this season, which is pretty insane. Uh, rebounds, he's got about two more rebounds, about two more assists. Um, this is a guy when we see like even not to diss on Terry Rozier because he's been really good this season. Last year, Terry Rozier got a big payday. It was like, here, dude, here's your, it's your team now. And he was, did not make the most out of the opportunity. So we see it all the time. These guys get these big paydays. They were like complimentary roles on good teams that go to not as good teams to be like the star guy, to be the guy who's taking the shots and they fail. And I think, uh, yes, the usage is increased and everything. Um, but, he's made the most of the opportunity. And I think it's, it's really his award to lose much like um, Embiid's MVP for his to lose. But um, do you have any other guys that I know I mentioned Brown, I mentioned uh, Christian Wood. Are there any other guys that you think um, are in the conversation or do you, do you think it's Jeremy Grant's award to lose too? Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's an award Jeremy Grant deserves. I mean, this guy's basically over doubled his scoring while keep maintaining similar efficiencies, playing great defense as well, like he usually does. I know he's on a bad team, so no one cares about him, but I, I would say it's his award to lose. I, I agree with you. I think if, if this guy was healthy, I would put him in the discussion as well, Christian Wood, that being. Yeah. I think he, he would make some sense as a guy that would – take you know be in the running for that as well uh deandre hunter another guy that maybe if he didn't Same get injured thing, yeah. could have been could have been a candidate you know up to scoring basically double from 10 to like 18 playing ridiculously good defense shooting really good percentages as well another guy that i i, I think was very interesting for that but outside of that uh no i think i think it's jeremy grant's award i don't really have a lot to add for that but i think he uh he deserves it, and I know we kind of touched up on him at the beginning of the year. I think I brought it, or I brought it up, kind of early on in the season that he probably deserves the award. I still nothing's really changed. You know, his stats are still good. Uh, you know, I think he deserves it, man. I think it's a it's a good good guy to bring out for sure. Yeah, hopefully they make like most improved player of the year shirts because I would definitely buy a Jeremy Grant 2020-2021 most improved player shirt because I think this, he'd be the first person to win an individual award. I think since Ben Wallace won defensive player of the year back in like the early 2000s. So it's been a while. So it'd be really cool for him. And outside of the Detroit bias thing, I think he has had a really good season. It's been nice to see uh, him make the most of his, his new opportunity. And I was one of those people that bashed that contract, but it's making, he's making it look pretty good so far. So um, yeah, I just want to give Jeremy Grant a little nod. Cause I know we talked most improved player like a few months back and it was more of like a, who's going to sneak in here. But I think, Right now, unless Grant gets injured or he really falls off a cliff, I think he's he's going to be the the winner, which is going to be really really cool for a Detroit team that's uh, still very much rebuilding. But I'll let you get into your next point, Chris. Yeah, I'm going to keep this one short as well because there's a lot of teams I listed for both of these, and it's kind of a in depth topic. But we're gonna I'm going to give you I'm going to name one of each of these, and then you're going to do it as well. Um, so my okay. I'm going <laughs> to say I'm going to start off with the biggest surprise team for the season. Uh, and my okay. pick for that is the New York Knicks. This team has been, you know, they were, I mean, we bashed them at the beginning of the year. Uh, let's not even talk about them. Let's, we yep. probably spent the shortest amount of time on this team. It was them in the cast, uh, them in the cast. Yep. We, and we were we like, yeah, there's these teams are going to be awful. They're going to suck. I mean, we were, right now, the man. we were right about the Cavs. We weren't right about the Cavs the first month of the year, but they've sucked recently. So we were right. Apart. So give yes. us some credit. But <laughs> But the Knicks, for for his, uh, that being a pretty good tape, the Knicks have been incredibly good this year in terms of what they're expected to be. Uh, you know, they're not they're not that many games above five hundred, but them being five hundred is an accomplishment for a Knicks team that's been a doormat for the last you know ten years in this league. Basically, since Melo left, they haven't been even remotely relevant. But Julius Randle's having a great year. R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly is playing well. Derrick Rose, the new addition, is as definitely checked 
chipped in some valuable minutes as well. This is a team that I like, and I, I think while they're not a true contender, they've been very surprising. I think if they add a, a, a superstar at some point here, this is a roster that could compete for a, for a title at some point. They, they got to do a, a few things. Or the roster is not perfectly constructed, but having a, another coach of the year candidate and Tom Thibodeau, he's a great coach, great defensive mind. If they can add some shooting to that, I think this is a, a roster that could potentially be a contender. Uh, not right now, like I said, but you know the deadline. Yep. There's some big, there's some big names being rumored around. I think Vucevic is a guy that could end up being potentially go there. I mean, that's a possibility. I think if, if there's another star on the market or becomes available, I think they could end up being a target for the Knicks to go after. But I think this is a team that's been pretty surprising. So that's my pick for most pleasant surprise. And then my biggest disappointment team, there's a lot of different teams you can name here. I'm just going to name one for now. I don't want to make a bunch of honorable mentions like I usually do. It's Denver Nuggets. I mean, coming off of a Western Conference Finals, this is a team that's barely in the playoffs right now. Despite Jokic having MVP-like numbers, he's playing the best basketball of his career. It doesn't matter. This team, they got to figure it out, man. And I think even maybe this is kind of tying in with the most disappointing thing, but uh, I mean, Jamal Murray was unbelievable in the bubble since then, you know, he's been better as of late, but he hasn't been quite the same player as he was in the yeah. bubble, but apparently he's a defensive player of the year candidate. Cause I saw a NBA article that had him at fifth on defensive player of the year rankings. And I don't <laughs> even think he's a top five defender on his own team. So that is one of the most insane things I've ever seen. And whoever wrote that needs to be fired immediately. That was ridiculous. Thing. But yeah, I mean, the Nuggets, I mean, they're miss clearly they're missing Jeremy Grant a lot. I mean, he's he's averaging a ton of points for the Pistons. They tried to match that offer, it didn't work out for him. But uh, you know, the Nuggets, they're they're my pick for the least or most disappointing team so far in the first half of the year. Plenty of time to turn it around, but like Drew said earlier, they they're looking like they may be a play in team. But uh, what's your what's your pick for both of those different awards? Yeah, I mean, really quick, um, Nuggets, I don't have too much to add. Big, big disappointment. I thought they'd be a clear-cut Western Conference Finals contender, maybe even a Finals contender, and they have not lived up those expectations at all, despite Jokic being really good. And same thing with um, uh, the Knicks, too. I think they've been a really solid team. Um, I did. So you said that maybe they should trade for somebody. Um, they might even just want to wait till free agency because um, – if uh, they're New York, they're a big market. They could spend some money that way, not even have to give up any assets. But a lot of young talent there, really good team. Um, and for my surprise, I think I'm going to stick with the East. I wanted to say the Spurs because I think they've been a really fun surprise, surprisingly fun team to watch. Um, but I think you got to go with the Charlotte Hornets, right? I mean, this is probably the funnest team to watch in the NBA. Uh, Terry Rozier has been a really good player, um, really making himself worth that contract. I know, I mean, that was an ice contract after one season last year where he severely underperformed and he's, I mean, he's, he's averaging over 20 points a game right now. And he's, and he's been clutch. He's been a really solid player overall. Gordon Hayward, same thing. We were like, why are they paying Gordon Hayward that much money? And I still don't understand why they're paying him that much money, but he's also played really well, averaging over 21 points a game, um, doing it all over the place. He's also been pretty clutch in some of their games. Um, but the big story has got to be LaMelo ball. I think, right. I mean, yeah, to maybe spoil my next point, I'll just say it right now. My next point was going to be Lamelo Ball as the Rookie of the Year, and I don't think that's yeah. too hot of a take, but uh, I no, think it's, it's him. Um, he's leading the team in assists and steals, um, six assists per game, um, a steal and a half a game, which is really nice. Uh, Malik Monk, too. I mean, this was a guy who was uh, healthy scratch, big. He was a bust, this, that, and the other thing. He's played really well for them as well um, as of late. His, his counting stats don't reflect it as much because he got to a slow start, but he's been a, a lightning rod for them off the bench. Oh, he, yeah. He'd be a, a dark horse sixth man of the year candidate if a few things go his way. Who knows? Uh, and they still got some nice young, young bigs and PJ Washington, Miles Bridges, Cody Zeller. Mm -hmm. um, Cody Zeller's not young, but he's still a decent player. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I just there's a really fun team to watch, and I was not I was not anticipating finding myself looking forward to watching Hornets basketball, but that's how it's been for much of the year. And this is, I mean, you can make the argument though some of those Kemba teams were entertaining. They made the they made the playoffs a couple times, but um, I think this is the most entertaining Hornets team and the most optimistic like team. Oh, the Hornets are actually relevant, and they've never been relevant. So uh, really nice to see there. In terms of disappointment, ah oh, man, that's. That's tough because I think the Nuggets were a really good one. Um, I think I'll go with the Pelicans because because I, I thought they'd at least be in the play-in conversation. And right now, as it stands, they're three games back of the Grizzlies for that ten spot. Still a lot of time to to make up some ground, but uh, I really thought that they they just, they just don't play defense. You know what I'm saying? And then they, they start playing defense and they don't they don't score enough. And it's like guys, let's just figure this out. I mean, you got Zion, you got 
Ingram, you got Lamelo or not? What's up, Lamelo? Lonzo Ball. There's just too many balls in the NBA. Um, Lonzo's been playing better as of late, um, and I don't know. I just feel like they got the talent and the fact that they're really not even in the unless they're still in the conversation, I guess. But three games is a decent amount of, of ground you have to make up, and um, I just thought they I thought they'd have a playing spot, and they've been yep. really disappointing. Um, and I hope they figure some things out there, and even just Zion getting the ball more. It's one of those things where you're just like, why is he not? taking shots down the stretch. Why are you getting it to Ingram all the time? Um, you got to figure some things out there with the Pelicans. But yeah, they've been a big disappointment for me. Same with the Raptors in the heat too, but we've talked about them at nauseum. It seems like every single episode. So, um, but they've definitely been a little bit disappointing for me too. And Celtics too, obviously Celtics have been yeah. a little bit of a disappointment as well, but yeah, those, yeah. Are my, those are my takes. Those are good picks. Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll let you jump into your next point. Yeah. So I, I already mentioned it. My next point was just Lamella Ball's going to win the rookie of the year. Um, I think this was a conversation. I know we had several of yep. people had off air where it was like, it's Tyrese Halliburton, no doubt about it. And he's, uh, he's tailed off a little bit. I mean, he's still a solid player. Um, but you just look at the stats, Halliburton 13, three and five at the time of recording three rebounds, five assists. And Lamello, I already mentioned his stats, 15, six and six, uh, and then he's also got the nice steals. He's playing good defense. He's a playmaker. He's scoring. He's doing everything. He's doing it all for his team. And the Hornets are winning. And the same thing cannot be said for the Kings, who are not winning. Um, and I, I think, yeah. And behind Halliburton, I mean, you can make a manual quickly. Maybe Anthony Edwards has been playing better as of late. Uh, really entertained a player to watch. He's a guy who I was completely out on. And I think Edwards has shown some potential. He could be a nice building block there for Minnesota. And then Sadiq Bay too, for the Pistons, another guy worth noting. Um, but yeah, he's not one of the rookie of the year, even though I love watching him play. And he's been a really bright spot for the Pistons this season. But I think it's Lamelo's um, award to lose, barring just a Halliburton or Anthony Edwards just going off down the stretch. Um, I think I think Lamelo's got to be the rookie of the year, and I don't really know if you can make an argument to say otherwise. But what do you think, Chris? Yeah, since the last time we've we've kind of debated about this, it's been a clear runaway with Lamelo Ball entering the starting lineup. Like he should have started off yeah. the season because Devontae Graham really isn't that great of a player, in my opinion. And you, he's a good lightning I've, rod off the bench. I would say he's a, he's a worse lightning rod than Malik Monk off the bench. But yes, yes, um, <laughs> So yeah, with with Lamelo, he's since entered the starting lineup, his stats have been unbelievable. I, be, I believe he's averaging over almost 20 a game when he enters the starting lineup, which is pretty incredible. Besides the turnovers, there really isn't a lot other than just promise that he's shown. But so far, he's been incredible in almost every single way of the game. And Tyrese Halliburton, I'm not out on him or anything as a player. He's been fantastic, had a great rookie yeah. season, had a, had an injury, unfortunately. So that, that's probably why you haven't heard a lot about him lately. He's been, he's been and the down. Kings have really sucked. And the Kings so really did. suck too. So yeah, <laughs> that, that definitely makes it, makes a difference as well, but he's still been a, a big time yeah. bright spot for them as a team and a player that I'm definitely not out on. I think his, his ceiling is high. I think his floor is, he's already proven that his floor is high, but Lamelo's also a little bit younger than him too. So, I mean, this guy's clearly got the upside to be the best player in this class. And he's already proven that he is that. And yeah, he definitely deserves rookie of the year. And he's a big part of why your most surprising team that the, the yeah. New, or not the New Orleans Hornets, the Charlotte Hornets are so good this year or not so good, but being good. Pretty better competitive. Than we thought. Better yes, than we thought. a lot better than we thought for sure. I think they're they've yeah. definitely proven that that they're at least going to be a play-in team, in my opinion. And then they're rumored to get Vucevic too. So that'd I be mean, awesome. I mean, that's if they get Vuce, a bunch of guys that I like on this team. I really like Gordon Hayward. I like Scary Terry. I'm just gonna buying all the Hornets stock I can if they get Vucevic. That'd be yeah, awesome. If if they acquire Vucevic without giving up any of their their major building yeah. block pieces, um. I think this team can legitimately be a scary team to run into in the playoffs, and I think they're all they're locked into a playoff spot if they end up uh, yeah. getting a guy like Vucevic, who who would be the face of that franchise, basically yeah. besides Lamelo. I think I think getting Vucevic would lock them into like a playoff spot, top six. I think they're already really locked into the play-in tournament, even if they yeah, don't oh, yeah. get Vucevic. I think they're um, the Heat and the Raptors, and even the Pacers. Maybe you worry about them below them, but I mean they're better than the. Bulls, Hawks, Wizards, Cavs, etc. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. And even with Lamelo too, if I can say one more thing on him, um, I think it's only been one season, but I think what we're seeing with him and Halliburton is what we anticipated going into the draft and going into this season was Halliburton would be good right away. He's a guy, maybe his, his ceiling isn't as high as some other guys, but he's got a very high floor as well. Um, and so that'll help him be instantly good in the NBA. And I think LaMelo, he just has a higher ceiling. He might have a lower floor, I would say, but I think 
Halliburton, I think his upside is a solid, like a Malcolm Brogdon type. Like he's a solid starting point guard on the team, or he's a solid sixth man. Um, but I think Lamelo has star status, and I think um, this Rookie of the Year award is probably going to be the first of many for him because uh, I think I think he's been Lonzo. If I'm being honest, maybe I I don't know. I mean, it's not yeah, saying he much. definitely is, man. It's not saying much. It's only been one year. I mean, Lonzo has been very inconsistent, so maybe the same will be said for Lamelo too, but. Um, so far, I mean, you look at the two rookie years between Lon- Lonzo and Lamelo. It seems like Melo is is better for sure. So definitely better yes. than Leangelo, though. I think there's no argument there. Um, really? But I'll let you I'm get not, into I'm your, not sure about that. I, I said uh, I'll let you get into your final point here. All right, yeah, I'll jump into my last point. So I talked about the biggest surprise in the first half, the biggest disappointment. Now I'm going to predict teams that are going to head in the opposite direction of what they did in the first half. So oh. the team that I think will turn it around, and I'll give you, you can do basically the same thing you did last time where you pick, okay. you pick a team that you think will turn it around, a, a team that will fall apart in the second half. So the team I think that will turn it around, and we've had some spirited discussions off air about this team. We have a, a huge diehard fan of this team in a group chat with us, the Boston Celtics. I'm going to pick okay. to turn around in the second half. I think it's a team that's looking to make a move. Um, well, turning around might not mean that they're a legitimate contender for a ring i think they end up getting one of those top five six seeds in the in the uh the playoffs and i think i mean with Jalen brown two bona fide superstars and kemba walker starting to play a little bit better look a little bit more like he the guy that they they acquired back in the back a couple years ago i think that this team can go on a little bit of a hot streak here they're already kind of starting to win some games here i know they just beat the clippers without Kawhi, but it's still a good clippers team without him it's a quality win for them. Um, I think they can they can go on a run here in, in the second half and then end up you know making something out of a, what seems like a lost season so far. Again, not saying they're winning a title or anything, but it's a team that if they do get in the playoffs and they can get hot here, they could be a scary team in the playoffs. And, and when you have two superstars, superstars are very valuable in the playoffs. And when you need a guy to go get a bucket, they got two of those, maybe even three, if Kemba Walker can can look like the old his old self and be a borderline superstar in my opinion, where he, where he was at his peak of his career. So I think the Suns are, are a prime or not the Suns. The Celtics are a prime example of a team that can seriously turn it around, have a massive second half. And they're a team that's definitely going to be in the trade market, whether they end up selling a couple pieces, which I don't expect, or they, they end up buying somebody like a Vucevic, if they can, they can yeah. end up getting on an Aaron Gordon, potentially a miles Turner, Somebody like that, I think those are even a Drummond would probably make them a little bit better because they need somebody that can go get the boards yeah. on both offense and defensive side of the ball. I think they're going to make a move here at some point, and I think they're, they're going to end up getting into the playoffs with a decent record. And then the team to fall apart, I just gave them a bunch of praise. They were my most surprising team. I think the New York Knicks might be the team <laughs> to fall apart in the second half. I know I just said that they're a pleasant surprise. They absolutely have been. But I think I could also see them going in the opposite direction just as fast. A team that they, they're extremely lucky. Uh, maybe, maybe it's not totally luck. They're a very good defensive team, but they, they allow a really low three-point percentage. I expect it's already – the number's already – I believe it was at 30% basically a third way through the season. I know it's already going up a little bit from that. Some teams are starting to hit some outside shots against them. I think that's a possibility. I think they're going to, they're going to run into some tougher competition here coming up in the second half. They have a pretty tough schedule as well. Looking at it, I think, well, they, I think they're going to make the playoffs. I could see them more on the, on, in that seven, eight line where they have to play for a spot to get in the playoffs rather than the four seed they are right now. And it's really not even that much falling apart for them. So maybe this is a little bit of a cop out. I don't think they're going to totally bottom out of the playoffs, but I think it's a team that they're not a four seed, man. Come on. That they're, they're a team that probably belongs in that six, seven, eight play in range, which even for that would be one of the most surprising teams in the league at when the season's all said and done, but I think they will fall down to earth a little bit. And some teams are going to start knocking down some outside shots against them and figuring out that defense a little bit more. Uh, let, let me hear your pick for each of those. Yeah. So, I mean, all great takes the Knicks one made me laugh. Cause you just got to say, Oh, they're a good team. And then yeah, know. fall apart here. Um, but yeah, the Celtics too, I think they need to make a move for me to feel really confident about that. But um, obviously they had some COVID issues early on. Um, and they're not good. They're not in danger of falling out of the playoffs, so they're probably going to improve, hopefully. Um, for the, I'll start with the, the positive here. The team that I think got off to a slow start and might turn it around, there's some good candidates here. I think the Heat and the Raptors, 
again, we talk about them so much, I feel like, so I don't want to talk about them again, but they're two serious candidates and also the Nuggets, too, that we just got done talking about. I could see them, and maybe even the Mavericks, I could see them uh, improving a lot. But I'm going to go a little off the board here. I'm going to say sh- the Chicago Bulls. I think okay. they're, they're currently a, a play-in team. Um, they're the last. They're the, they're the 10th seed, so they're the last play-in team. 16 and 18. Um but they're only because it's such a mess there in the in the Eastern Conference. They're only two and a half games. Actually, no, they're only a game out, game and a half out of fourth place in the Eastern Conference. So I'm not saying they're going to sneak into the fourth spot, but I think this is a team that if the Heat and the Raptors continue to struggle, and if the Knicks fall off for as much as I don't want it to happen, that the Hornets fall off. Um, I think they could maybe sneak their way out of the play-in game. I mean, they've they've played well for the most part. They just they lack some consistency a little bit. Um, but I, I don't know. I just I like the team a little bit. They actually have a better point differential. They're negative point two um, than both the Miami Heat, or almost negative two points a game, and then also the Hornets in negative point five points a game, or uh, negative point five points a game. Um, so I, I, they got Zach Levine. They got Thaddeus Young, who's been playing well. Lowry marketing. He's he was injured for a while, but it's, he's coming back here very soon. Kobe White, Wendell Carter. He, he missed some time. Isn't playing well as of late. Um, I think this is a team that could be like a Hornets or a Knicks just for the second half. Where and they they still had a solid start to the year, but yeah. um, I think it's very likely that maybe they sneak into at least hosting a play-in tournament game or even um, sneaking out of the play-in tournament completely, which I would really love because I, I, I like Levine a lot. I like the Bulls. They're another fun team to watch. Um, and they're they're another big franchise, right? Because of Michael Jordan and everything, um, it, it's nice to see those right. big franchises in the playoffs. So that's my take for the the team that turned it around. And then, uh, Chris, I don't want to do this to you, man, but I think the team that's going to fall off has got to be the Portland Trailblazers, wow. right? I mean, they're currently the fifth seed. I just talked about point di- differential a second ago. Second ago, they have a worse point differential than the Spurs, Nuggets, Mavericks, Grizzlies, Pelicans. Uh, King, I think the, no, not the Kings, uh, and Pelicans. Uh, so I was like, wait a minute, the Kings, and all those teams are below them directly. So unless they get some guys back here sooner rather than later, I just don't know how much longer Lillard can carry this team. And yeah, they've gotten contributions to other people as well, but um, I don't know. I just I look at teams below them, and it seems like they had a great start to the year. They're twenty and fourteen, but at the same time, very similar to the Eastern Conference. They're only two and a half games ahead of 10th place. So I don't think they're going to miss the playoffs completely. I don't think they're going to miss the playing tournament completely, but this is a team that I think could um, regress a little bit and could find themselves in the play-in tournament here very soon. And I think I'm going to go as far to say they are going to be in the play-in tournament. I'm not wow. going to say they're going to, they're going to host the game. Um, but I think, I don't know. I just, I'm a little worried about them. Um, and they're still right there. And, and there's a lot of teams that I'm like, maybe the jazz fall off. Maybe the suns fall off. Um, it's hard to make a pick of a team that's going to fall off, but uh, you recorded me in the spot a little bit, and I feel like the Blazers was the one team that made made a lot of sense for me that, that had a good start to the year but might fall off a little bit here. But um, do you have anything you want to touch on either with the Bulls or the Blazers? Well, yeah, I wanted to talk about the Bulls, but now I, you know I have to address the Blazers. Uh, to me, I, th- I I get what you're saying, where the, and I've kind of thought about this too. If they were to go on a losing streak, they could they could outright jump out of the playoffs really quick. But it's a team that I've, you know, their point differential is not great because they get blown out every once in a while, but they also win a ton of close games, so they're not making up a lot of point differential. Um, but I think McCollum and, and Nurk should be back extremely soon. McCollum probably before Nurkic. I think he's he's been. I know he's been ramping up his activity. I expect him to be back within the next, at least by the end of March, at the very latest. I would assume, maybe even earlier than that. Maybe Nurkic as well. Maybe early April, late March. If those guys return by then, I mean that's a couple months left of the season that they can come and make an impact. And and yeah, they def while they definitely need them at some point. I think they can stay afloat till then. I know they they get the Kings tonight as of the recording day. That's should be a game that they can win. Uh, get them to 21 and 14. I don't see them moving up because I think the, the top four are pretty much set barring yeah. a major injury, but I think there's a gap between them and the rest of the, the rest of the Western conference in terms of talent. In my opinion, I mean, you look at the Mavericks, maybe a team that could jump up there, maybe the Spurs, but I think the Spurs are another team that you could make the argument yeah. for. They end up falling apart in the second yeah, half. I agree. I that's, that's a team. I almost picked for that despite them doing such a good job this year of winning games. I think it's a team that could definitely, be a potential guy, uh, team to move a, a piece or two at the deadline for some assets because you know yeah, they're yeah. not a true Maybe. contender or anything where the Blazers are actually trying to go for it. I don't think they're true contenders, but they're going to try to. Yeah, uh, you know, I think so. I think the Blazers, to me, are locked into a in, into the five seed. But I think it would take 
I mean, if, if those guys don't come back, if, if Lillard, you know, teams are defending him a little bit differently. If you watch the Warriors game last night, there was just total double teams the entire yeah. game. And somehow they were able to claw their way to a victory. That's not going to work every night. So I, I get what you're saying. I think that they're going to stay pretty much at the five, six range, but I don't think they have a chance to move up. So I could see where, where you're coming from there, that the only really chances are to stay or move down. And that's kind of yeah. what you're saying, I think. Yeah, but and, and so you're a Blazers fan. So if I was a big Blazers fan, you're right. The Spurs, no offense, I do love watching the Spurs. I'm not super concerned about them. I think they're going to be a playing team for sure. But I don't. I wouldn't be super afraid of them like passing the Blazers. Um, but I'm more. I mean, the Nuggets. I think they could improve a lot. Um, the Mavericks. I think with Luca, they could. They're another team that's probably going to make a move here at the deadline. Uh, even the Warriors, maybe with uh, with with Curry. You never know with him. Another team that could possibly make a move, and also I think you could be concerned about the Grizzlies too, of maybe possibly because they they didn't have Jaw for long stretches. Jaron Jackson, it seems like he's made. I mean, it feels like he's been about to come back for like three months now, but it seems like he's near, he's at least closer to a return than than not. Um, so hopefully they get him back soon. And it, this is a team that that's also been pretty decent, decently close to the Blazers in terms of record and everything. They're another team that I would be afraid of um, if they get fully healthy and get all their guys back. So. Um, that's what I mean. I mean, it's hard to pick because um, you said it there. I think the Jazz, Suns, Clippers, Lakers, even if the Jazz or the Suns fall off a little bit more, I don't think they're falling out of the four seed. The Blazers are the one team in both conferences, honestly, that I could see going from a top seed to I don't think they're going to fall out of the playoffs or the play-in completely, like I said, um, but they could be the five seed to like the eight or nine seed, I think, pretty easily if a few things go wrong for them and go right for other teams. Yeah, that's, that's definitely fair. I get your opinions on that. And then before we conclude the episode, I would like to bring up my rant that I was going to. Uh, I've been, you know, teasing to Drew for the, for the last day or two. And it's it's not about a particular player. It's not about a particular team. It is about a certain broadcast member and analyst that I am just absolutely oh, wow. done with. Shaquille O'Neal needs okay. to go. This dude... <laughs> is an absolute clown in the booth now. He just he just rips players now. Okay, the name him forgetting the name the names of players. It was funny for a little while, but the fact that this dude doesn't know what Pascal Siakam's first name is is an absolute joke and and it's disrespectful to the game for me in my opinion. You know, him ripping Donovan Mitchell for not being a superstar or whatever him ripping Rudy Gobert. I don't get what what his beef is with all these players, you know. I I used to think Players really enjoy talking to that TNT crew, but I think he's absolutely ruined. I love everybody else on the cast. There's no other problems with that. It's just him, man. I, I, I utterly cannot stand this dude. I think he needs to just, just get off commercials, get off broadcast. <laughs> I'm just so done with him. Uh, I, I just, I don't think he knows what he's talking about anymore. This game, the game has changed so much in the last 20 years and he's still living in the two thousands when he was actually relevant. This dude isn't relevant wow. anymore and he's trying to be, I'm just I'm totally sick of him. I'm totally done with him in the booth. He pisses me off every time I will, I listen to him talk. Even even on Tuesday with a different crew, Candace Parker roasted him too, and so did Dwayne Wade because he didn't know. Apparently, he says that the corner three isn't a good shot, or, or teams don't certain team didn't shoot the corner three well when they were one of the most efficient in the league at it. So, just him being an idiot is just I'm just I'm sick of it. I'm done with it. I'm I'm really just I I can't stand him. Even another guy, honorable mention, Richard Jefferson the other day with his awkward Jamal Murray interview. Like, dude, grow up, man. Like, this is such a joke. Some of these – it's same with the referees trying to make it about themselves. Some of these analysts trying to make everything about themselves. They need to they make these weird encounters to stay relevant. Just shut up, man. Grow up and shut up. That's my opinion, and that's my <laughs> rant through. I don't know if you have anything to add, but I am – absolutely done hearing him in the booth and every time he i, I want to gouge my ears out every time i, I have to listen to him talk i didn't see the richard jefferson thing what happened there before i give my comment well, so jamal murray I, i'll show you I, i'll send you it after something like that on twitter but jamal murray right off the bat of the interview he didn't know exactly who he was talking to or whatever uh he said like richard jefferson was like jamal murray what's up or something like that he said like How's it going? Or he said like, yes, sir, or something like that. And he's like, don't call me sir. And it was oh. like a really weird encounter, <laughs> super awkward. It was kind of similar to the Kevin Durant one where he like, yeah, didn't really, there was like a really awkward pause and stuff. And Jamal yeah. Murray was like, who, who am I talking to? Or something like that. I don't know. It was just a super weird encounter and at no fault of Jamal Murray's. He didn't do anything wrong. It's just, I just don't get some of these broadcasters trying to make it about themselves. So I, I mean, I say it for the end of the episode because I don't think anybody else cares as much as I do, but it's some of the, 
the nickname. You know, I don't like Tony Romo. Another guy I don't really like tries to make it about himself. It yeah, really, in my opinion, add anything to that. He it's a little bit different because he's on. He's an analyst or whatever. Richard Jefferson, annoying as well as an analyst. And then Shaq is just everything's about him. Me, myself, and I. No other players can be great. Uh, that kind of thing. I'm the best. Shut up, man. You're irrelevant 20 years ago. Nobody cares about your opinions anymore. If you don't know the first name of good NBA players, let alone role players, which is ridiculous. But I don't know, man. I'm just so done with here. Just so done hearing him on the TNT broadcast crew. I think he's ruining that crew. Yeah, I mean, I've I've heard this take from a lot of different people. Um, I do really like Candace Parker and Dwayne Wade. I think they add a lot. Um, they're they're not always on most nights, but they're on um, like every every week or um, every other week. I really like like what they provide. But um, with Shaq, I don't know. I kind of like it a little bit. Um, I like um, that he's like he goes at players a little bit. I don't think a post game interview is the best time or place. But um, I feel like a lot of times, a lot of different analysts, I almost dislike how much they coddle the players and how much they uh i don't know it's like everything everything they do is like just amazing um i like when guys hold them accountable but i think maybe the more proper approach is like what his his tnt uh teammate does in charles barkley because i feel like barkley is pretty fair like he holds people i know he's kind of a clown most of the time but i feel like he's he holds people he holds players accountable but when they're good he acknowledges that they're good um shack is just kind of an old get off my lawn kind of guy who's just negative all the time i don't think that's fair to the players either but um, i also don't like the opposite of the spectrum too where they're just like oh my god everyone's great and nba is great and everything's great and it's like guys let's let's find a middle ground and i think um that might be what Shaq needs to do because it is you're I'm, you're right it's very awkward um and sooner rather than later players are just gonna be like i don't want to get interviewed by them and that used to be like the team that every player wanted to get interviewed by right. and now with Shaq doing stuff like this it's not gonna help them out a lot but um, right. I'm glad you brought that up because I, ha- I have seen a lot of people talking about that, about how, like, what's Shaq's deal? Why does he keep bringing this stuff up? But it's just to get clicks. It's just to get people. I mean, they're inter- they're definitely entertainment business. So they want to get clicks. They want to get people like us talking about it. And, and clearly it's working. So maybe that was their plan all along. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know if they have anything else to add for the episode. I don't know if you do, but it was it was fun talking about that so far the nba what to look for in the future and then ripping Shaq as well is always a good time because i've never been a really big fan of his and it just has continued into the broadcast booth yeah uh it's got me more excited though for the playoffs and uh fans feels like fans are getting more back in stadiums here yep. um so hopefully Detroit's by the playoffs, getting some fans yeah, exactly um hopefully when the when the playoff pistons aren't gonna be playing the playoffs so hopefully when other teams are playing the playoffs uh, we have uh, at least some fans in the building because that always yep. adds another element to the game. But uh, it's been a lot of fun talking to you, and I'm looking forward to uh, the rest of the NBA season. But uh, once again, uh, we're, we're the Zone Defense Podcast. Um, we Chris and I will continue to be doing these um, every week. Um, and in addition, we'll also have a bunch of NFL offseason content, including NFL draft coverage, trade agency, trade news, and as well as previews for the 2021 season. Um, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on Spotify and Twitter at Zone Defense Pod and search us on Apple Podcasts, uh, smash that like button, and also drop a comment down below. Do you think Shaq is just a complete jerk, or do you kind of like his analysis? Um, and also, what are your thoughts? Who do you, what are teams that you think are going to fall off, are going to improve? What are your big surprises? Um, what are your award predictions? Uh, leave all those comments down below, and we'll respond to them as, uh, as quickly as we can. But that's all for this episode. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Peace.